every decision they make can have an effect on our lives. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack. America's not the same as it was 100 years ago. The violent mayhem we have seen in the streets and cities that are run by liberal Democrats. This is Our Lives in Politics with your host Booker and co-host Lou Basada. The latest big headline is here today and it's gone tomorrow. The news cycle is so fast and it seems there's so much of it to consume and consider. The avalanche of information available at our fingertips with today's technology, it can be overwhelming. Over the last few years, we've been fed one headline after another that would seem to end political careers in minutes. Yet, years later, here we are. The Russian hoax that the Hillary Clinton campaign started, well, we've seen no accountability. Hunter Biden's laptop. The FBI has had it for five years and still nothing. Although something may be coming because it is imminent. We're told that all the time. We're always led to believe that it's just about to come. I feature a lot of congressional hearings on this program to try to bring truth from people testifying actually under oath. And even though egregious failures are frequently revealed, there is still no accountability for anyone. The latest big reveal is a whistleblower that Senator Chuck Grassley has talked to and the information has been shared with Kentucky Congressman James Coomer. Coomer has now sent a subpoena requesting a document from the DOJ and the FBI. Grassley says it's about a criminal bribe to Joe Biden back when he was vice president. And he says, quote, The American people have been hoodwinked. Is it even going to matter? Is it just another strongly worded letter that will end up in the D.C. political trash can? We'll get into that this hour when I welcome South Florida attorney and conservative social media influencer Eric Matheny. And we'll also get to your opinion. Are you ready to give up? Is it just time to give it all up? We'll go live into a Twitter space to get the pulse of the people here in just a few minutes. I'm Booker Scott, the host of Our Lives and Politics, and thank you for supporting this show and all the shows on the platform America Out Loud. As always, thanks for listening. This hour is brought to you by 4Patriots.com. Use the code OUTLOUD at checkout for a 10% discount on anything at 4Patriots.com. Let's get into more about what Chuck Grassley says he has from Fox News' Rich Edson. These two Republicans are alleging is that there is a document that exists, and they've gotten that information, they say, from a whistleblower, an unidentified whistleblower, and that the document exists within the Department of Justice and the FBI showing an illegal scheme uh, allegedly involving the vice president and that they are requesting that information now officially with a subpoena from the FBI and Justice Department. But uh, these Republicans have not seen that document uh, and they have just sent the subpoena request because a whistleblower told them it exists within the FBI. That's where we are right now with this. So you hear there what has been alleged by Senator Chuck Grassley. Now, as always, I don't know a whole lot, but I try to find people that maybe do have some information, at least an attorney in this case, that can come with some real information that might help us get through this. I want to introduce you now to Southern Florida attorney, Eric Matheny. Eric, welcome to Our Lives in Politics. Hey, Booker. Thanks for having me. So let's, let's unwrap this a little bit. 
you, you see this come out, and now there is a subpoena. Where does it go? What's it about? Help us get through this. Ooh, a subpoena. Kind of like a strongly worded letter. You know, Booker, <laughs> it's kind of like she goes to another school or the check's in the mail or what? No, I meant to call you last week. I totally forgot. It just, it falls on deaf ears. We've been seeing subpoenas and investigations and strongly worded letters and tweets. My goodness, the tweets, the strongly worded dopamine yielding tweets of the angry congressman. We're going to get justice. Retweet me, give me affirmation. And then nothing happens. We are pissed. We are frustrated. We are so far beyond the constitutional tenets from which this country was founded. Our founders, if they were to materialize today, would not recognize this republic. This is not what we created. This is not what we had in mind. The Constitution was specifically written to protect us from the political class that we have that's running this country, running roughshod over the Constitution and doing what it pleases while good American citizens from writing memes to walking in the Capitol for a minute and 38 seconds are having their lives destroyed. So subpoenas, it might as well be a heap of toilet paper because it has the same effect. It, it doesn't mean anything without action. And I, I just, I fear that this is going to be another Lindsey Graham strongly worded letter. Mm -hmm. And then something happens and the Democrats will move on to some other false flag. Let me tell you something. I'll tell this to your listeners. I've said this before. If the shoe were on the other foot, if the Democrats were at the helm, if this were Trump, if this were Don Jr., if this were anyone tangentially related to Trump or Trump world, they would have been arrested, indicted, impeached 15 times over. The Republicans are eunuchs. They are gutless. And we are just sick of it. So when we see breaking something new, imminent happening, it's like watching Sean Hannity, which I've turned off yes. because I'm sick and tired of that false hope. Yeah, I've done the same thing. I, I can't I can't watch it. Um, every night it's, it's something else that is the end of the world and, and the country is going to either flame out or this is the one that's going to change everything. But when you look at this specifically, if we can speculate at all, we, we see that it is a possible alleged criminal action that Vice President Joe Biden did. So that's what's being alleged here. And we don't know when. I mean, we, we, he was vice president for eight years, so we can't assume that it was just 2015 or 16. It could go back to Devin Archer, the, the partner of Hunter Biden in 2014. It could go back before then. Do you have any idea? Do you have any speculation on what it may be? Is it going to be big enough? Could it be big enough that they have to prosecute? You know, I feel like we've been down this road before, not just with with Joe Biden and the Bidens, but we've been down this road with the Clintons. We've been down this road with the Pelosi's. We've been down this road with so many political dynasties in this country because these are folks that get these footholds into D.C. and are able to make very lucrative careers out of it, whether it's Uranium One, whether it's the Clinton Foundation, whether it's Hunter hunting 10 percent for the big guy. Uh, that's what it is. That's how the swamp sort of enables and perpetuates itself. And that's probably why we don't ever see any real repercussions of people being taken down. Because whether they're Democrat or Republican, it's all the same city. It's all the mm -hmm. same swamp when they're not you know, going back and forth on Twitter or you know, having their campaign commercial moments in the House. They're scratching each other's backs and they're having cigars and brandies and talking about how they can make another $30 million in the public sector making you know, $175,000 a year. So I, I, 
I don't know specifically what this is going to come down to. The question is, um, you know, there's so much to choose from because we're talking about Joe Biden being in office really since 1973 when he became a U.S. senator. Before that, he's he's only been in government. He really has never had a real job, honest to God. He's never had one. Um, so you have about 50 years from which to choose. Now, Hunter being sort of the conduit for his criminal enterprise, uh, much the way the Clinton Foundation was for the Clinton family, you know, Hunter Biden was was the broker. It was kind of the medium through which everything flowed. And in exchange for selling his father's influence, which usually means policy and things like that, things that are going to be favorable to a foreign nation, um, there's money. And money has to come in the form of some kind of uh, layered operation so that it looks legit, i.e. putting his idiot crack addicted son on the board of an energy company for which he has no rightful business being there and paying him $83,000 a month or putting uh, putting him up in a house where he pays his father $50,000 a month in rent, which, as you can imagine, um, is certainly a form of money laundering. They got to put that money somewhere because they're not putting it on their taxes. Uh, I don't know what it is. Is it something with Ukraine? If it's something with Ukraine, then that raises some real red flags and that would validate everything that we've been saying for the last two years. That's that's the thing that frustrates me the most is all these breaking news points by the mainstream media. Booker, you and I have been talking about this for years. We've been saying this for years. We said it about covid. We said it about uranium one. We said it about Russia collusion. We said it about everything you could possibly imagine. And lo and behold, the mainstream media finally gets a hold of it years later. So I don't know what it is, but if it's about Ukraine, um, that raises uh, a number of issues, certainly validates what we've been saying as we, you know, throw Zelensky a hundred billion dollars a week or whatever we're giving him now. And we've been saying this stuff really all the way back to the Russian hoax. I mentioned that in the opening, but the Seth Rich death, all of these things through the years, this is going on for five, six, seven years now. And then you put the capper on it with 51 intelligence officers saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was had all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. And, of course, everybody believes that completely after the five years of lies. And we just never get any truth, do we? No, we never get any truth. And the frustrating thing about the Hunter Biden laptop is is not just people losing their social media accounts because, you know, that's not a life or death situation, although, you know, it's distressing as it is and for, certainly a form of um uh, it's certainly a form of silencing people, especially when it's at the direction of the government, which we found out with the Twitter files. Mm-hmm. But um, the fact remains is that had that been Don Jr., had that been Eric Trump, had that been any of the Trump kids, do you think you would have had 51 you know, agencies, 51 people in the intelligence community coming out and saying, oh, no, that's Russian disinformation? That would have been disqualifying. And the truth is, is that had that information not even been promoted, just been allowed to kind of have a shelf life and take courses things do in the modern age it would have been the difference between you know trump and 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 biden who the president would have been it would have had a difference because you have a lot of swing voters a lot of independents who if they found out what his son was into and certainly kicking money back to dad it it would have changed direction very quickly and and the, the election would have gone the other way i mean that's assuming you had a fair election in the first place but notwithstanding that um the the numbers wouldn't have been enough for Joe Biden to, to eke out his win, whether legitimately or not. So that's the thing that's really frustrating. The fact that they jumped on this um, and wouldn't even let the media get a hold of it to examine the veracity of the story. Wouldn't even let people share it on social media to say, hey, here's a story that came out. Read it, evaluate it, decide for yourself. Whereas with the Russia collusion hoax, that was that was campaign uh, opposition research. 
right. that was not verified that was put out there as, as if it was truth and we had to deal with that i mean i love the revisionist history that goes on we forget that we had to deal with that for the first two and a half three years of trump's presidency his presidency his first term was marred with a black cloud of Mueller. And the Democrats every week is, oh, we got him this week, we got him that week, and very quietly kind of fizzled out, not with a bang, but a whimper, uh, the fact that, that nothing was there. And then Hillary Clinton very quietly had to pay a fine for the Mueller hoax, whereas Donald Trump has been indicted on 34 felony counts for an NDA to a porn star. And, what and, kind of country are we living in? Right, and impeached twice, too, really, as a result of the Russian hoax. There's... There's one thing that that always pops into my head when it comes to Trump and his appointments, and it kind of ties into the Mueller investigation and the Russian hoax, and that was the appointment of Attorney General Jeff Sessions. I, I, I have always thought and said publicly that that appointment, that one appointment, led us down where the, the road that we went down. He recused himself. Rod Rosenstein came in from Baltimore as his assistant. And they talk him into recusing himself over a cocktail party with a Russian ambassador. And had it not been Jeff Sessions, if it had been a strong attorney general there at that moment that didn't recuse himself, it's possible we would have never gone down that road. You know, it, it is possible that we never would have gone down that road. And again, that's one of the big critiques of Trump. And, and by no means, uh, is Trump a God King to me or infallible? I've never been a trust the plan kind of guy. I actually think that really hurt our movement. Yeah. And I'll call Trump out the same as I will DeSantis when I think any one of them are doing something wrong. I think one of the weaknesses he has, unfortunately, is he mistakes uh, like platitudes and compliments for you know honest loyalty. So if you know Jeff Sessions says, you know, Mr. Trump, you have a nice tie on, well, oh, that Jeff Sessions, he's a great guy. Yeah. Without realizing that He's deeply entrenched in the swamp, and he was not the kind of guy he needed as, as an AG. The AG, I mean, look at you know Eric Holder to Barack Obama. The AG is yeah. supposed to be the people's attorney, the top law enforcement officer nationwide. But really, a shrewd politician knows how to use an AG as their personal attorney. And I don't think Trump ever had that, unfortunately. I think Matt Whitaker was great. I wish he was more than just an interim. He would have stuck around. Um, obviously, um, Bill Barr turned out to be a, a failure and a disappointment, but yeah, picking Jeff Sessions was a, was a big personnel mistake. And unfortunately, yeah, I think you're right. I don't know if one person could have prevented what was happening because there's a whole deep state trying to take down Trump because he's the outlier and he's not part of the political class, but you know, certainly didn't help things. Yeah. It, it, the, the process was speeded up by his recusal, I believe. And let's Let's think or talk for a minute about, uh, I've done a couple of shows on hearings. I watch a lot of hearings. So here's some truth that has been revealed in hearings. We know now that the Biden White House, within 48 hours of taking office, they actually told Twitter to remove a tweet by RFK Jr. And we know that came, that came out in a hearing. There's no doubt about that our government has weaponized social media. That's just Twitter. Can you imagine what Facebook, YouTube, Google, all of those are so much bigger than what Twitter is? And nothing is happening. I, and, I, and I'm bringing this up because I think it goes along with the Grassley and Coomer subpoena on this new information that, again, we, we're getting information out from hearings. People are not getting the information because 80% of the country isn't paying attention. They're getting their information from the mainstream media. 
what what do you see coming out of these hearings? Is any of it going to be anything other than just a show? You know, that's the million dollar question. And I wish I knew, and I don't want to be falsely optimistic at the same time. I don't want to sit here and just be Debbie Downer. Uh, I don't know because I feel like we've had these hearings. I feel like some real groundbreaking things have come forth, but nothing ever happened. So if we have these hearings, you know, on, on the other foot, I mean, it's kind of like the January 6th hearings for the Democrats. They went nowhere. Um, other than just you know, created more division and just uh, you know ruined a lot of good people's lives. Um, as far as things go with these hearings, I mean, interest. We have a we have a right and an obligation to bring this information forward, especially if our sitting president has been involved in criminal enterprise to the point that our national security, our geopolitical interests, may be impacted directly related to the Biden financial network. Um, and especially, especially as we see uh, tensions ramping up in, in Russia and Ukraine, we look like we're on the verge of a world war here, uh, which Democrats and Republicans alike are just licking their chops ready for war. Could that be a reason why we're sending all this money to Zelensky? What what tit for tat exists? What does Biden owe Ukraine? What does he owe them? Yeah. And, and even more than Ukraine, maybe China. You know, we, we, we keep looking at Russia and Ukraine, but uh, over here behind our shoulder, China's floating more spy balloons over us. And and we know the connection between Hunter Biden and China. And then Joe Biden ends up somehow on, I don't know what the average would be, but you mentioned since 1973 he's been in office. I would imagine that his average salary was probably less than $100,000 a year for all those years. And somehow he has beach houses and homes all over the place. And it's interesting that, that our attention is at U, U, uh, Ukraine and Russia, and we're not really paying attention to China. Yeah, you know, U.S. senators, I don't think they hit 100 grand a year probably till 1990 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So he's got the first 17 years of his career probably making seventy five, eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 a year, which, you know, that's, that's a, in this day and age, I mean, it's not a whole lot of money. And you're certainly not able to buy second homes and have, you know, 30, 40 million in the bank. And it goes beyond Joe Biden. I mean, Mitch McConnell's worth $40 million. He's been in office since 1980. What are these guys doing? Yeah. Is it book deals? Is it speaking engagements? Not to the tune of $40 million. I'll tell you that it's insider trading. It's kickbacks. It's money laundering. It is the U S government is the world's largest crime scene. And unfortunately, it has come to that. There is some legislation that is being done now, and it's bipartisan to get rid of that trading stock while they're in office, which I think it should have been done years and years ago. Eric, I'm a little bit older than you, but I can remember a time, and you probably are old enough to remember this as well, that working in government was considered a service job. And maybe one of the reasons why you did it is because there was good benefits while you were working and they had a decent retirement, but you didn't want to go into government to make money because that wasn't the place to do it. And it seems like over the last 15 to 20 years, that has flipped upside down. That has flipped upside down. I mean, people are going into, into the government and they're making careers out of it. I mean, it's supposed to be public service. That was the uh, well-intentioned motives of our founders. They thought that, you know, these people are going to go serve in Congress, you're going to be a president because you've had a successful private life and this is your way of giving back. Love him or hate him, Donald Trump was the embodiment of that. Here's a guy who's been fabulously successful in his personal life. Uh, he's a billionaire. He's been in entertainment. He's been in development. 
married a damn supermodel. I mean, come on, say what you will about the guy. He did a few things right. But a guy like him who has been successful and proven himself in the private sector, people like that are supposed to go into public office because, one, they have the money. They can't be bought. I mean, that was one of the things. I'm from California. That was one of the big selling points for Arnold Schwarzenegger. He actually came out and said that back when he was a lot more conservative than he is now. And he said, look, I'm worth however much he was worth. Like, you can't buy me. I'm here because I love this state and I love this country. I'm here to serve. And people love that because we were dealing with a swamp in California in the early 2000s. They still are. California's gone. California is going to go the way of uh, you know, a, a number of these blue states, especially some of these great American cities like Los Angeles and, and San Francisco. But uh, that being said, no, the original intent of our government and people serving in government was public service and giving back. And we've lost that completely. Yeah. It, it is a political class. It is a lifetime of employment. I mean, if you're in Congress, if you're in the House, you have a 96% incumbency rate. Uh, and, and, you know, like people like AOC, who's in a plus 14 Democrat district, she's what, 31, 32? She's going to be there till she's 90. She's going to be there. She'll be there like the next Diane Feinstein. She's going to be, she's going to have a 65 year congressional career. Does anybody in the federal government get fired anymore? I can't remember anyone getting fired lately. Very difficult to fire them. It's like yeah. firing a teacher. I mean, it's the, it's really, you are very well insulated in, in the, in the public sector very well. They can't fire you and you, know, you can always scream discrimination <laughs> and they will run and they'll just put you somewhere else. Eric, I know you well enough to it's know like the Catholic church, <laughs> Eric, I know you well enough to know that you're, you're similar to me in that, especially lately, the last six or seven months, I've stayed out of the fray of the DeSantis Trump, uh, arguments that, that we see happening and I just think it's way too early. I try to remind everyone that in this same election cycle eight years ago, it was June. It was the month of June that Trump came down an escalator. And here we have the last six or seven months been arguing over DeSantis and Trump. And DeSantis hasn't even said he's going to actually run yet. The signs are there. But when you when you look at, at this, this race, what are your thoughts and feelings? And, and I want to say that you know, you're, you're probably a Trump guy and that's fine. Uh, but we, as, as conservatives, as Republicans, you know, in order to get this country turned, we need to win. So what are your thoughts? We do need to win. Um, I understand that and trying to remove myself from the equation and look at it from a political science perspective and just getting the numbers. Um, you know, Trump, Trump is the way forward reason being notwithstanding policy just if you want to look just straight numbers he he has a stranglehold on about 30 to 35 percent of the conservative base and this base will go with him no matter what and if anyone throws a stone at him or tries to dethrone him in any fashion they are dead to that contingent mm -hmm. of you know, america first maga whatever you want to call it um i i support trump of course i'm going to vote for trump but if for whatever reason he was not the nominee and it was DeSantis. Of course, I'm going to vote for DeSantis. Of course, I'm going to vote for the Republican nominee. That's just the way I, I go. I'm not going to sit it out because I know I'm giving it to the Dems. There are lots of folks who are, are Trump supporters who would not vote for DeSantis on principle, would rather see a Democrat win than, yeah. uh, you know, think they were being disloyal to Trump. So that being said, and also, you know, because I think he's got the charisma and, and certainly has the the policies that that really up until covid we were we were kicking butt we were doing great and i think covid came in and just you know covid and then just a series of 
seven months of riots, just that last year of his term was just awful and uh, awful for the country, not just him and awful for everybody. Yeah. Um, so I, my, my eggs are in the Trump basket. Um, but I think that DeSantis is doing himself, uh, really a disservice. I think what's happening is he would have been like the heir apparent in 2028. Also, we don't want to see him walk away from the job because we like him here in Florida. Um, I also see him right now in the last couple of months my opinion about him has changed i see him with one foot out the door in florida we don't like that we had our flooding here in fort lauderdale and he's off in ohio and then he's off in japan we really want him here at home and we just see that as a slap in the face um also i don't know who's telling him like hey you could beat this guy with respect to trump um i think he's really doing damage to himself long term i'm not saying trump shouldn't be primaried we don't have coronations here in the united states we certainly weren't going to do it with hillary we're not going to do it with trump i think he should be challenged i think it's good steel sharp and steel get him up on a debate stage, bring ideas, challenge him. I think it's good for the political discourse. But at the same time, I think a guy like DeSantis, who really, you know, people were looking at for 2028, I think he's turning off a lot of voters. I also think, honest to God, just my opinion, the more I see him on a national scale, the less impressed I am with him. I'm really impressed with him as a governor, but when I see him out on the national stage, I'm not as impressed. And um, I think uh, I think he's made a bad decision. But again, it's a free country. We can have open primaries. And if he wants to challenge Trump, be my guest. But I think he's hurting himself. And I think he's going to take about 30 percent of that conservative base that won't ever support him again because they see him as taking a shot at Trump. Just my opinion on this. I think I think it's possible the people that are in DeSantis's ear are telling him he's going to pick up the 20 percent in the middle where so many of those right now will not want to touch Trump and not vote for Trump. I think, I think that may be part of what they are telling him. I think they are. I think they're saying, look, there's a lot of disaffected Democrats. There's a lot of independents. There's a lot of lukewarm conservatives. And there are people in his ear that are certainly telling him you can beat this guy and they're giving him the numbers and breaking it down. He certainly has a uh, loyal contingent uh, online. Yeah. Uh, you know, the uh, Christina Pushaw brigade that is very much in his camp and that's all well and good. Um, I don't like to see the infighting. I don't think it helps us. I hope that, that when it's all over, we can come together. Um, I do love seeing on the Democrat side, RFK Jr. And I think he's yeah. pulling about 20% uh, numbers right now, which is great. And uh, I like the guy, frankly, I like the guy. I know he's a Democrat, but you know he's a sensible Democrat. And I like some of the things he says. Uh, so I do like the fact that he's pulling away voters from Biden. I do think a lot of Democrats are sick and tired of Biden. And I think that you have Republicans that are telling DeSantis, like you, you can win those guys. But he can't. And, uh, you know, Trump's base, without that 30 percent, you're dead in the water. We don't have enough of a margin to spare. You have to get that, you know, 44 percent number to really be, you know, in the race. And uh, he's not going to do it. Uh, I think that he will declare and I think he's going to get beat in the primary. I think, unfortunately, it's going to hurt him going forward because I would have loved to have seen him in 2028. I really thought he had potential. You know, the RFK part of it, I think. It's going to be a great litmus test for the Democrats. Let's let's see how many blue dog Democrats are still in that party that are tired of the far left that hijacked that party. Let's see let's see how many are there. And, and I think if RFK stays in that race a while and, and hangs around with 25-30%, it's a good sign for America and a good sign for the Republicans going into 24. Well, you got to remember like we we use social media as, as kind of a barometer. But there are a lot of folks that aren't on it. There are a yeah. lot of folks like our parents and grandparents' age that are Democrats, you know, voted for Roosevelt, voted for Kennedy, that are reasonable, that are like, look, I believe in, you know, 
you know, rich people should pay more taxes. We should have more entitlements of it or going to the grocery store like that. That is, I mean, that, that reminds me of like those you know, cartoons from the 1940s, uh, you know, when it, when they you know, depict black people in the South, it's the same depiction of women. It's, it's a horrific caricature of what a woman is. And Dylan Mulvaney, a TikTok influencer, white male, who's worth a lot of money, you know, can't put on a sports bra and leggings and go, I'm a girl today. No, you're a man. You're a ma- You're a delusional man who, who 15 years ago, we would get you mental help. And today, for whatever reason, we applaud it. Yeah. What if I go into my doctor and I say, I really identify as an amputee. Can you saw my left arm off? They'd lose their medical license. But a 13 year old can go, you know, cut my genitals off, give me puberty blockers. We've lost our damn minds. And I think there's enough people who are like, okay, enough pushing back. Yeah, I agree. Eric, this is Eric Matheny. He's an attorney in South Florida. Eric, thank you so much for joining our lives in politics. Booker, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Imagine a world where you wake up one day to find benefits like social security, Medicare, and veterans assistance have vanished. The economy is in free fall, and grocery shelves in your town, they're picked bare. Unfortunately, this nightmare could actually happen because while hurricane season may be just around the corner, there's another storm brewing that could hit us even harder, the debt ceiling. The Treasury Secretary warned that the U.S. government could run out of money to pay its bills as soon as June 1st. This could trigger a financial catastrophe on a scale of the 2008 meltdown. Benefits like Social Security and Veterans Assistance could be cut off, interest rates would spike, and the economy would crater. Millions of Americans would be scrambling to make ends meet and wondering how to put food on their table. Things would get ugly really fast. But what if you didn't have to rely on the government or anybody else to provide for your family during a crisis? The answer is simple. Be prepared with emergency food kits from 4Patriots. Their long-lasting and delicious food options are specifically designed to provide you and your loved ones with the sustenance you need when you need it the most. 4Patriots Survival Food Kits are hand-picked in the USA, last up to 25 years, compact inside covert storage totes, include a wide variety of delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, backed by thousands of five-star customer reviews. Four Patriot Survival Food Kits are not just for natural disasters, because in today's world of government ineptitude and unpredictable emergencies, it's more important than ever for you to have a backup plan. Whether it's a recession caused by the government running out of money, rising food costs, or a supply chain shock, you can rest easy knowing, knowing that you have a reliable source of food to see you through. And right now, you can go to 4 Use the code OUTLOUD to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store, including the emergency food supply kits designed to last up to 25 years. Just go to 4 and use the code OUTLOUD to get 10% off your first purchase at 4 And I'll be back with more of our lives in politics in just a moment when we step into a Twitter space for The Pulse of the People on the America Out Loud Network. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. 
Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years. Brush, floss, repeat. We're told to use fluoride, which doesn't really address the acid-creating bacteria. That is where the dentist-recommended Spry Dental Defense System shines. Spry products contain xylitol, a natural sugar, which helps get rid of those nasty, smelly, acid-creating bacteria in our mouth. The best way to care for your teeth and gums is by using Spry. The Spry Dental Defense System has a wide variety of products, toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and chewing gums, that are designed to work together to keep your teeth clean and mouth healthy and smelling sweet all day long. To get your oral care back on track in an easy, effective, and very tasty way, switch to Spry today. Ask your dentist about Xylitol and the Spry products. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural product retailers. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Our Lives in Politics here on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. Thank you for joining me. I'm Booker Scott, and as you heard in the first half hour of this hour, 
we had attorney Eric Matheny speaking about the Grassley whistleblower. What is this going to mean? And, and, you know, in the past on these shows, I've stepped into live Twitter spaces with you before. And that's what we're going to do again tonight to get the pulse of the people. So let's get started and let's go to Ed in Colorado. Ed, what do you think about the Grassley whistleblower? Where is this going to go? How is it going to end? Honestly, the way it's been going so far, I see it as them using this as a, a way of weaponizing uh, more laws against us other than rather uh, um, doing actual justice um, and actually going after the criminals and, and holding them accountable. Um, I see more of an excuse as in how they're going to formulate more ways of uh, controlling us. Um, That's what I'm seeing. Ed, would you have any expectation that anything that is criminal would actually be prosecuted? Because we have all of these hearings all the time since the 118th Congress came into session. They've been having a lot of hearings. They've been revealing quite a bit. And at the end of the day, we have a Department of Justice that is controlled by the Biden White House, and the FBI appears to be doing everything according to what the Biden White House wants as well. So if it is revealed that Joe Biden, as the vice president, did partake in a criminal activity with a foreign national that affected American policy, do you feel like it's even going to be prosecuted? What will happen to it? That's where I feel that it's going to get buried. Um, and and they're... I, I see them them as in Democrats and, and the rhinos too getting on board to uh, the the more louder we get. Um, I see them weaponizing it for means of uh, coming after us um, instead of going after the criminal charges uh, against the people that should be held accountable. Um, We've seen this for many years, and then we're seeing on live Twitter as we're trying to educate people about this, all the infighting. Um, It it doesn't matter whether you're libertarian, Republican, or Democrat. Um, Everybody is at each other's throats and screaming for more laws to be written than the actual laws to be enforced. Um, and understanding their rights and the due process, which is being totally ignored. Um, and there's no checks and balances at all with these uh, uh, powers, um, whether it's federal or uh, uh, state, um, or if you want to use the language for local, which is still state. It's still a form of government. So this is where I feel that we need to get extremely loud and vocal that we expect them to uphold our laws accordingly. And and accordingly, as far as the checks and balances that's supposed to be in place, um, so it's not over-weaponized as we're seeing it being done today. So you think it's not going to go anywhere, but maybe be a detriment to us, we the people. Um, thank you, Ed. Good points on all of that from Colorado. Now, let's. the interesting thing about uh, Twitter spaces, you can talk to people all over the country and also all over the world. And now let's go to New York and let's go to Miss Mars. Miss Mars, you want to weigh in on this? Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me, Booker. I can't agree more with a lot of what Ed said. 
I don't have faith that anything is going to come of it. As we've been seeing over the last few years, we have a lot of hearings going on. A lot of information comes out and then it just kind of dissipates and goes away. So, you know, I have very little faith that anything's going to come out of it. We've been talking about, you know, how they continuously have hearings. more of a show currently. Um, you know, it's just to parade and talk in front of people. How many people know about these hearings? How many people pay attention to these hearings? Because, you know, I talk to people and I don't hear, I, I hear a lot of people saying, you know, nothing's going on. Where'd you find that information yeah. when all these hearings are going on? And nobody's even aware of the hearings. So I, I just don't have much faith. And with what we've been seeing with, you know, people being censored, people being shut down. And like recently with uh, Tucker Carlson, it seems we're going in a very dangerous direction in this country. We have been, obviously. Um, but where does it end and how does it end? And I'm just very nervous. Um, I, I don't have a lot of faith right now. We are shutting down any right wing media. And right now, the only source of information is social media. Uh, you know, if, if you do podcast, listening to podcasts, that's where we're getting all our information. I really thought with Twitter and Elon Musk and everything that he put out, we would see some changes. We would see some something happening and we've yet to see it. And it just seems to be part of the course over the last years. And Ms. Mars, you bring up a great point about the American people actually not seeing what is happening in these hearings. Uh, just over the last uh, couple of months in these hearings in the 118th Congress, we have seen that the weaponization of our government against the conservative side of the country has been a real thing. It has been proven in hearings. We have seen that the origin of COVID is from the Wuhan lab. It, it was not a man. It, it is man-made. It didn't come from bad soup, as they said. So these things have been revealed, but your point is well taken that American people are not hearing this because most people are not paying attention as close as they have to, to even see this again, because your mainstream media, NBC, CBS, ABC, CNN, MSNBC, where 80% of the country gets their news. They're, they're not, they're not showing the, these hearings. They're, they're not reporting on what is being revealed. Are they? Absolutely not. Like I said, you know, I, I speak to, a lot of conservatives, a lot of Republicans that are really unaware of this information is out there. Um, so I can only imagine, you know, people on the left, you know, when they, they criticize and say that we're, you know, conspiracy theorists or we're making things up, the information's just not getting to the people. And when you look at exactly what has been done so far with this grassly whistleblower, here is what we actually know. We know that it is alleged, and again, it is alleged at this point that this whistleblower says there is a document within the FBI and the Department of Justice that says Joe Biden was involved in criminal activity with a foreign national. So what they have done, they have requested this document. They have not requested that Christopher Ray or Merrick Garland, either one of them, come before them and testify in a hearing. So right now, they are asking for the document. I'm going to go to Mike in Indiana here in just a minute. But the question I would have and, and want you to think about, don't you think that uh, Senator Chuck Grassley 
probably has a whole lot more information than what we are aware that he has at this point. Uh, After all, he and Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin have been investigating Hunter Biden since 2018. They wrote a full report in the fall of 20, right before the November 2020 election. Now let's go to Mike in Indiana. Yeah, I would agree. Booker, how you doing? Great, Mike. Thanks for being here. I would agree that, uh, you bet. I would agree that they have a lot more information than they're sharing. Um, These leaders in both houses of Congress on these committees, they are privy to information, but I think there's a fear factor. Um, You got a weaponized DOJ and a weaponized FBI that has been protecting the Bidens. Um, And who knows what they're thinking if they're afraid they'll come after them. Who's going to hand down an indictment? I mean, I've been reading the stuff about Hunter Biden's going to be indicted any day. I don't see that happening. These hearings have no teeth. Like you mentioned earlier, or someone else, 80% of the country gets their information from the media who's not covering these hearings. But if it was Trump, they would be wall to wall. So, and a large part of our country doesn't even know these hearings exist. Yes, social media is putting out the information, but people are not digesting the information. So I think it's going to be suppressed. Um, I don't see how we have a, uh, a justice system that holds anybody accountable in this process. It's real. It's a real stinking mess. They're focused on everything else but what they need to be focused on. And, I, you know, once you have a Justice Department and an FBI that is in the current state that it's in, I don't see how you ever get it corrected, really. Uh, even if Trump got reelected, how does he fix it? I mean, there's a, I mean, it's just a, it's unconscionable what's going on. I had thoughts all the way back prior to the midterm in 2022 that if the Republicans could gain control of the House of Representatives and they could have hearings with tre- with real teeth, that maybe something would happen in the country, then people would wake up and they would see what was going on or what had been going on for years. And it might really help things for the election in 24. But the, but my faith in that is fading really fast at this point. In Florida, in Clearwater, Florida, let's go to Mike. Mike, you have the floor. Hey, thanks, uh, Booker. I'm just uh, like what everybody else is saying. I'm just uh, very skeptical that anything's going to be ha- happening over this. Uh, the form is a FD-1023. And you've got two agencies you've got uh, in charge of that form are the DOJ and the FBI, and they're both crooked, and everybody knows it. They're both, uh, they have both gone rogue. So they're going to take this form, and they're going to bury it. Now, we can just assume that, you know, that they're supposed to take the uh, form, and they're supposed to take this information and vet it and make sure that there is anything actionable in the first place. Uh, There may not be anything actionable, uh, because, uh, but we don't know. We don't know right. if it's been vetted. We don't know what's happened to the uh, form. Correct. Yeah. We don't know what happened. To, uh, say again. I said you're me? correct. Yeah, you're right. We don't know. And and one thing you brought up there that I think is really interesting. This form we know at this moment is an unclassified document. We don't know when they will classify right. it. Are they going to classify it now so that we never even see what's in there? And if they don't. Uh, classify it are they going to release it and it's going to be completely redacted like everything else is exactly that's what i was going to say and i was thinking uh, if they're not going to classify it they'll say okay well we'll send it out we'll, we'll put it out there it'll be totally redacted it'll be worthless so 
it's just a we're it's in a no win situation. Uh, Mike, just the previous Mike from Indiana said, uh, because we've got uh, a corrupt DOJ and a corrupt FBI. Uh, there's it's really a pretty simple in my mind. I don't see anything happening uh, at all. And the FBI, they're they're just so you know there was a, I was listening to somebody who mentioned the spaces. The FBI had a there was a whistleblower in the space yesterday last night. I was listening to a guy named Kyle. I don't know his last. I can't remember his last name, but he said the FBI is just so, is so so inept and so incompetent. He mentioned that uh, there's a picture of an FBI agent standing there with a uniform on, looking like an FBI person. But if she had to draw her weapon, she couldn't because she, the magazine uh, pouch was sitting right on top of her uh, her gun, her firearm, her sidearm, and she couldn't even use it if she wanted to. So what does she even have the gun for? What does she even have the the magazine pouch? You know, the spare mag pouch. And why is she even, what's she even doing there? You know, and you have these, uh, the males were just standing around. They were happy to talk to her. But uh, it was, it's just all uh, smoke and mirrors. You don't know how, how good they are. You know that I think that they're worthless. Um, some of the FBI agents, they go through Quantico. They don't even, uh, can, can't even pass the obstacle course. Uh, they're just pencil whips on through and, and they become agents. So we've got that, and we've got the corrupt uh, DOJ. Um, what can you do about it? Just I don't see anything, any way out of this other than uh, something that I can't, I really don't want to go there, but it's not pretty. For those of you listening on the America Out Loud radio network, wherever you are, I know we have so many listeners in New Zealand and Australia, you're picking up a theme from the speakers here in this Twitter space, a pulse of the people, that continues to be one of negativity. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of hopefulness when it comes to hearings and, and again, our politicians being held accountable. It's frustrating. That's where we are. That's where we are in the world. For people that want to have freedom and liberty, so many of us are being held down at this point. It is frustrating. I understand how you feel. D.D., the floor is yours. Well, thank you. I do appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I'm of the same opinion everybody else is as far as this document. Uh, the White House will probably classify it. However, if they do classify it, Grassley has the clearance. He can view the document in the skiff unredacted. And the way you take care of what's going on in Washington right now is, number one, you put Trump back in the White House. Number two, Trump puts another Trump as head of the FBI. Or I'm not going to say a family member. I'm going to say somebody Trump-like. Then he's going to have to put someone Trump-like at the head of the DOJ and, uh, and give them one simple order. Make heads roll. So, Dee let's go back. Head start rolling. Let's let's go back to something you mentioned a minute ago that I had not given thought to, and that was that Grassley could see the information even if the White House or the DOJ, for that matter, decides to classify this document. That he can still read it in fullness. So, what do you think happens when he reads it? 
we we're never going to know. It's not going. It, he's not going to be able to release that information to the public. So it, it, does that do any good for anything when it comes to this whistleblower and whether or not Joe Biden actually committed a crime with this uh, foreign national? I can almost guarantee you, Grassley will find a way around it. Grassley is a bulldog, and they know it. Grassley will find a way around it. Now, as I've watched a lot of the hearings on C-SPAN, the hearings are feckless. You know, they can issue a subpoena, and the people they're issuing a subpoena to say, yeah, okay, so what? You know, there's, there's no, they, they have no power to compel them to actually come in. I mean, what can they do? Make a criminal referral to the DOJ, and the DOJ is going to sit on it. The key to getting this country straightened back out is putting Trump back in and then Trump putting in department or agency heads that's going to make heads roll. So, D.D., let me ask you, you let me ask you real quick. When you talk about putting people in, let's look at the attorney general. Who would you want Donald Trump to appoint as the attorney general? And could that appointment actually get confirmation in the Senate? So who would you who would you have him appoint? Trey Gowdy as the attorney general. Well, I think I would disagree. You know who I like? I like a guy who's actually been on this program before. His name is Mike Davis. I think he would make a great attorney general. He was the senior chief well, counsel have, behind Chuck Grassley. You have when, me kind of at a disadvantage because I, I don't know him, but uh, Trey yeah. Gowdy seems to me like he would be a very, very by-the-book straight shooter. I don't think he would put up with any crap from, you know, uh, dissent in the ranks. And, uh, of course, that's, you know, that's just my opinion. Sure. Um, and that's, it's I interesting. Think Pam Bondi. Yeah, I think Pam Bondi would make a very good attorney general See, out of Florida. I, I'm going to disagree uh, on both of those, and we're going to move on in just a minute. But let me tell you about Mike Davis. He was the uh, chief counsel behind Chuck Grassley when 234 federal judges were appointed under Donald Trump. And if you are not following him on social media, you should because you would love him. And you would probably love him a whole lot more than Trey Gowdy or Pam Bondi, in my opinion, because neither one of those would be able to do the job that you're suggesting. I don't believe. And again, that's my opinion. And I want to go one last uh, speaker here is going to be Mike from Indiana. Mike, go ahead. Hey, Booker. Uh, <clears throat> I think if, if you're getting back to having leadership in these agencies, it's going to have to be somebody who's got um, gonads of steel. Pardon my pun, but somebody who's going to have to really, really be tough. Tough, tough, tough. Tough against the establishment, tough against the media and uh, law and order and a constitutionalist. Trey Gowdy, I, you know, I was like, before Trump, I thought Trey Gowdy was okay, but he boxed the Benghazi hearings as far as I'm concerned, and then he bailed uh, out of the House in Trump's first uh, year, did not run for re-election, and he's been all over certain media outlets trashing Trump, trashing MAGA, um, basically trashing J6er, so I have no use for the guy. He wouldn't be, he'd be just another establishment. But you'd have to find, I would support someone with a military background uh, to be the head of the DOJ. That way you know, I mean, a strong military, a patriot, not someone who's going to be wishy-washy. And you get the rule of law established, and you clean up, and you get rid of the... 
you put in people that's going to enforce the law, then uh, then you can have some semblance of law and order and justice. And, and Mike, one thing I want to point out that I had in my mind a few minutes ago, but I want to go back to that. Coming up in the 24 election, there is a real opportunity for a red wave in the Senate. We didn't have this in the midterms in 22, but you have 20 Democrat senators that will be defending their seat. And it's going to be really important that some of those seats flip so that someone that is really strong like a Mike Davis would even have a chance to be confirmed. You have to think about all of those things in this political game that we're playing with. And Mike, I'll give you last word. I agree. I think that uh, someone who can be confirmed is one thing, and you have to have enough folks uh, in the Senate to have the prowess to do the right thing. So we'll see where it goes. So there you have another pulse of the people from a Twitter space here on Our Lives and Politics. It's interesting to hear your opinion. Your opinion is very valid. And it seems like everybody is, is really negative right now. And it's understandable. I get it completely. But do what you can. Get out there. Get involved. Get loud. I'm Booker Scott. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, you are the salt of the earth. So be salty. You've been listening to Our Lives in Politics on the America Out Loud Network. 